0: This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. As warm weather and track season is upon us, be sure to head to SDR for all your running needs. Shoes, gear, spikes, accessories, and more. SDR has it all. Richard and Adam are the experts, and they'll be sure to get you outfitted with anything and everything you'll need. Whether you run fast or slow, or just want to check out their awesome shop in downtown Grand Forks, be sure to stop in and say hello. Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. Looking for opportunities to run track this summer? Ragnarok Athletic Club has been providing athletes of all ages and all events in North Dakota and Minnesota the opportunity to train and compete in track and field. Follow their social media pages to get updates on their athletes and updates on upcoming camps and opportunities. And did I hear something about a gear drop soon? Be on the lookout. That's Ragnarok Athletic Club. Finally, a big thank you to Draymond Enterprises. Draymond Enterprises. innovation reimagined on this episode of the podcast cameron rail and guest host nate peterson sit down to preview the high school track season you'll listen to them interview nate safe track coach at kindred and jeff bakke the head boys track coach at red river while a degree of uncertainty still looms around the track season one thing is certain athletes coaches and spectators are fired up to see some good clean competitive track and field this spring but enough from me let's get started with today's episode
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Rail, and I'm joined today by a special guest host. You may recognize him uh, from either running the gravel roads of Horace, North Dakota, the alleyways of Grand Forks, North Dakota, or possibly from his exquisite work as a blogger of the North Dakota runner blog. Uh, it is Nate Peterson. Thanks for helping me host today.
2: Happy to be here. Love talking about track.
1: Yeah. And, uh, we are joined today, uh, by two of the East's finest track coaches, uh, Nate safe from the new class B basketball champion, kindred Vikings We're still riding high. (laughs) Glad to be here. And Jeff Bakke from Red River.
3: Thanks Thanks for having me on. on.
1: Yeah. We are excited as as a podcast and Nate and myself are excited to chat with you guys today just about uh, the upcoming track season. Obviously that was taken away from us last year because of uh, Covid, so a lot of the athletes, all of the athletes that we'll see competing uh, this spring well, we haven't seen for nearly a year compete uh, so we're just at yeah, almost two now so uh, it's really excited to see what what uh, can come from this season. Um, so I guess the first question I have uh, Nate you can you can answer it first, but uh, is taking us back last year, what was the reaction? Uh, from the coaches, from the athletes when the season got shut down, um, just how how were people feeling then?
4: Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that was the most uh, um, unlike any other situation I think I've ever experienced as a coach. I mean, just over a year ago from now, uh, I remember going through where we were just in, uh, we hadn't even got to any indoor meets yet. Uh, we're kind of in the heart of our our preseason training. And, you know, in the background, you know, you hear all of this news happening about COVID-19 and, and, you know, you're almost just waiting like, well, it's not in North Dakota. It's not in North Dakota. And then all of a sudden it was, and it was like, Oh no. And uh, I'll never forget. Uh, it was a Friday cause we actually had our big athletic uh, booster banquet that night. Um, but that Friday after school, we brought all the students together. And I'll never forget, our head coach wasn't even there. He was at the class. If you remember, the Class A girls basketball tournament was being played. It, it got canceled um, midway through. He was actually at the tournament watching his niece. He wasn't even there. And, uh, and so us assistants had to, had to break it to the kids. Um, you know, hey, we're, we're done. And we don't know if we're going to be able to come back. And, you know, it's interesting sometimes with track to know how into it kids are. Uh, sometimes you just don't know. And kids are interesting anyways. Um, but I will never forget that, like, they were crushed. It That was a really, I mean, that was a really, really hard day. Um, and so, you know, we, you know, tried to do the, you know, keep them working out because we didn't know if we we're going to be coming back. So anyways... That was that was so hard, um, and it was really neat as a coach to see just maybe how much they cared about it. And so now coming back this year, certainly, um, I would say for our team, there is a renewed sense of. man, we're just as of at the beginning, we are just happy that we're we're doing this again, and you know we're we're very close now to getting into our meets, and so it's just so it's so cool, um, a year removed such a and and we're just blessed with this beautiful spring right now so um it's been great yeah
1: jeff how how was your experience with your athletes and with your coaching staff last year when when things got shut down yeah it, like like nate said it was
3: a very strange experience um we were we were so close to having a meet we were actually supposed to go to our first meet on saturday and uh, it was supposed to be at concordia and several other meets and other places it started to get cancelled but concordia was was holding on and they were even trying to do everything they could they were instead of having one pretty large meet they had worked out a schedule where Three teams from Fargo went in the morning, and then three teams from uh, another f- few places went in the afternoon and they, they had worked out a schedule. to. Re- they were really trying hard to make it work. and it was like, you know, great, we just, we just kind of get to a meet. Um, I think this will work out. And, and then they finally at the last minute canceled. Um, and we were actually scheduled to practice at UND's uh, HPC um, that day. And we quickly, I quickly talked to, uh, the central coaches and we, we said, let's, I don't know if we're, we might get shut down for a little while. Let's just, let's just have a kind of a a mini meet with ourselves today. And so that was on Friday and we, this was all happening. I mean, within a couple of hours and, and we were, we were so close to making that happen. And we just kind of thought, you know, we might get shut down for a couple of weeks Maybe we can just get something out of this we'll get, we'll get our own little meat here, uh, and that'll be good and and then we finally i mean we were like thirty minutes away from that happening, and then that finally got shut down um you know the whole season was put on hold for a couple of weeks or whatever it was and then and, and so that was kind of a bummer, but there was still a little bit of a sense of you know we might come back um and then it just kept it just kept. Ex- extending those uh, those shutdowns until it was finally shut down and that was it was it was just really hard and we you know we did our best to keep kids motivated and keep kids doing things but it was it was it's there's no substitute for for the real thing and it was it was very difficult so uh this year it's 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 just been great to to be back at practice. And now we're so close. Now we're kind of in the same situation. We're supposed to have our first meet on Friday and I'm just really hoping that that can happen because that's, that's one thing that that everybody's looking forward to that we, we didn't get the chance to do last year. So, mm-hmm. so everybody's excited for that.
2: Yeah. So then we move into, so like track doesn't happen. And then we're moving into the summer and fall. Um, there's question marks about what's going to happen. What's not going to happen you know, I, I coach in Virginia here and we we're having our fall sports season right now, actually, like we're having cross country right now because they didn't do anything in the actual fall. Um, so what was, so Nate, you coach football in the fall, right? Yep. Um, and then Jeff, do you coach uh, in the fall? I, I help out with cross country in the fall. Okay, cool. So both of you guys were coaching the fall, like take us through like as the summer goes on, you know, like normally you would do conditioning or something like that. And then you'd be getting ready for your fall sport. Like what was that process like?
4: Um, That was, that was unbelievable. That, that was, uh, that was this last summer was the most unforgettable summer. um, I think I can remember, Uh, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. Right. We lose, we lose spring. We're going into summer. We're, we're just, we're hoping that we'll have the fall, but nothing, you know, nothing is for sure. And, you know, if you guys remember how that worked when they shut those schools down, you know, you, you couldn't even be on the property. So we were talking about, so what does that mean for weight rooms, all this stuff, but like, no, you, you can't be inside anywhere here. I mean, we were, we were talking with, uh, you know, local, local businesses about their, uh, you know, their parking lots and all this stuff. And then, uh what ended up happening is we got the okay to we actually moved our weight room into a trailer in the school parking lot and we left it parked there and we would we would drag everything off the trailer in the morning and and uh we use the parking spots actually as like their social distancing places (laughs) uh, so we had the parking spaces out we spread the whole thing out and you know, each kid had to stay in their station the whole time, and we did what we could, uh, just in that situation. And at the end, you know, you had to you had to sanitize everything and and put it back in. And, uh, I mean, that was that was just incredible. I mean, literally, like some days it would rain and be like, well, we can't. You know, I guess we're, we can't lift today because you know it's raining in the parking lot. <laughs> um, but I was, you know, <clears throat> I think when I when I think back to that, I mean, I was really proud. Of uh, of our kids and just embracing it because there was nothing else we could do. And honestly, that was the very, one of the very few times where we could actually get together at that point. So I think they really did appreciate it uh, in in the weird in the weird way it was. And then obviously it did end up paying off because we didn't know that if we would even get fall sports. Uh, I think we were fifty fifty leading right up to that last week of the summer going into fall, going like, you know are we going to, are we going to do anything? And I mean, it was, it was honestly, it felt like it could have gone either way. And, um, and we ended up obviously being able to do it. So uh, yeah, absolutely unforgettable summer.
3: Yeah. Same thing on our end, a lot of similar frustrations. And um, I help help out with the summer weights program as well. And a lot of the, that equipment uh, was able to be moved out onto the turf um outside and spread everybody out and we did some stuff there and then we did that for an initial um, period and then then they let us we hit a certain phase and then they let us in, in some numbers into the school building um so but like like you said it was the whole time people are kind of questioning whether or not fall sports are even going to happen we, we still don't know there are some kids that haven't even shown up yet where normally you might be kind of trying to check in with, Hey, where's so-and-so. And you kind of just backed off because everybody had, you know, different, different reasons. And, um, as far as cross country goes, that luckily, you know, it's, that's an easy sport to spread out. And what we did is we stayed in small training groups and they just were always in those groups. Um, so that wasn't a, there wasn't a huge difference to that. Um, just did as best as we could to keep people separated and, and whatnot. But so so the, a lot of the cross-country athletes continued to train pretty pretty hard the same way they they always have, and some of them even harder because they were so motivated after losing that track season It for, for some kids. So very interesting mix of where some kids used it as a huge motivation, others' kids lost all motivation, and we haven't seen them since, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Jeff, you talked, your first meet is going to be uh, this, this upcoming Friday. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of excitement surrounding that. Uh, what, what is kind of the feeling with the athletes? Uh, how ready are they? And what sort of challenges has there been uh, getting, like recruiting kids to come out for track uh, with, you know, maybe hybrid learning still going on or people not being like in the school all the time? Yeah, it's definitely been a challenge, and part of the challenge is just specifically
3: my my team, my group of kids were were so inexperienced. We um, last year we had a pretty small group of seniors, and then we had a huge group of freshmen and several other sophomores and juniors that we had we had finally convinced to come out for track. They had never done it before, and so their only experience last year was uh, a week or two of just some practices they never got to a meet and then now it's been a whole year and now again just two three four weeks of just practice so we have all these kids who have never actually been to a meet before they really don't know what track is like and and some kids i think were they just didn't get a good taste of it had they gone to some meets last year they might have seen what the sport is really like and they'd be pretty fired up but we did lose a number of kids I think just just based on the circumstances they they just they just kind of lost interest um, so that's been that was a challenge to convince kids we're still we're still doing it there's still kids just because of spring break and winter sports ending and all these things I mean it's we're still trying to convince kids to to come come out again so um, as far as the meat goes we're I don't know. I never feels as a head coach, it never feels like we're ever ready for the first meet, but we just kind of need to, to, to jump into it. I'm, I'm just really because we have so many kids that are so inexperienced. I'm really just trying to get a few meets under our belt so people can see, Oh wow, this is, this is actually how it works. And these, uh, I'm pretty good at this and, and things like that because there's, it's, it's such an unknown with most of my team.
1: Yeah. Nate, you're, you know, being at a school that had the, the boys, you know, basketball team go so late into the season, um, you know, where Jeff and the Red River team is getting ready for their first meet. You have guys who maybe haven't even been to one practice yet because they've still been doing basketball. So what, what has it been like for, for you? Yeah,
4: it's, it's been uh, – it's, so our, our here's been our experience. So we've been able to be uh, – at kinder, we've been able to be in school you know, five days a week, pretty much. Uh, we haven't had to do the, the hybrid. So we had really good numbers actually when we when we started the year. Um, and our so our biggest hurdle has been, you know, there's no indoor meets this year. So, you know, you're staring at a, a six-week preseason pretty much before you have any competitions. That's been a real challenge uh, for us coaches to try and keep our kids motivated and i'm really proud of them i I think they've done a great job but we got big news today actually uh we we got a meet scheduled on monday uh in lisbon which in uh in nine years of coaching track ten years whatever it is um i mean to have a to have a meet an outdoor meet in march is insane
1: Yes. Um, yes
4: but uh hey, I mean, what a, what a cool deal, because we can't be inside anyways, and then we just have this perfect spring, and so we're just going to start going outside, so it was a huge morale boost uh, this morning, and so it is funny, so literally, you know, a day ago, we start to get a couple boys basketball players in, I mean, they're, it's going to be just a, you know, go out and, and get a first meet in, I mean, they, they won't even have enough practices in to, to go to the meet on Monday, but we're good. We're good with it. We're going to have a nice long track season this year. It's going to be, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
3: I, I also
4: have found the lack of the
3: indoor season to be um, a, a big challenge this year. A lot of coaches really aren't a fan of the indoor season. Um, I actually like the indoor season. Um I think anyone who's been to a college meet, especially a college conference meet, knows how fun and exciting indoor meets can be. Um but one thing that I really do like about it is just kids, you know, maybe running the 60 or the 60 hurdles instead of jumping all the way into the 110 hurdles and and things like that. It's just it's just a good it's just a good intro to to the sport and 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 it's a good lead up to the outdoor season. So um so I'm a little worried about uh, some of those kids whose, whose first event will, might be uh, something that they 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 didn't get you know they didn't get those indoor a few indoor
1: races to get get their legs under them. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Personally, I'm I'm a fan of indoor because that's my own my only like state title is in indoor <laughs> at like the North Dakota state indoor meeting, quote unquote state indoor meeting. So.
2: You know, and to bounce off of you, Cameron, um, the only really title I ever won in high school was the EDC Indoor 3200. So, <laughs> there you go. Got that going on too. Um, the the theme of this podcast today is previewing the high school track season this year. So. Um, kind of wondering from you guys, like, what are you looking for from your team this spring, but also, you know, even from other teams, like, who are some of those studs you're watching for, like, e- either on your own team or in your region or in the state, like, what are you going to be looking for um, this season? So I guess, uh, Nate, we can start with you because Jeff started last time.
4: Sure. Yeah, yeah, and I'll give it my best shot because here's the reality. Um, we have no clue. It's been two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, these kids, these kids were sophomores, you know, that are seniors now. Um, uh, so, you know, what we're thinking, what we're looking at, like, a- as a team, as we look at the season, um, we have, we're a smaller school, so we have fewer seniors out this year. Um, so we're, we're pretty young, uh, but it, it feels like we have a lot of athletes. So what we're interested in as coaches is, okay, our sophomores and juniors—they seem very competitive, you know. For sophomores and juniors, but is that going to be competitive when we go against the upperclassmen, uh, against the other teams in our region, um, the other teams that we around the, see around the state? Um, we really don't—we really don't have a clue. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun right off the bat. Right off the bat, we go down to Lisbon. You know, Lisbon always puts a good uh, track team, good, uh, well-rounded track team out for Class B um you know in our region central Cass is another another school that really tends to get a lot of kids out for track um Hillsboro is always going to be strong in that mix milner milner Wymer. so um yeah i mean all all that to say is I, I mean we're really excited just to go out and start competing and start to get some numbers rolling in and um we you know we don't we don't really know We feel like we're in a good spot that we'll, we'll find out a lot more in about two weeks. I I could say some similar, similar uh, sentiments on
3: our end too. In reality, we don't, we don't know. We don't have a clue. Um, You know, our seniors, which I don't have a huge group of them, last competed as sophomores Um, Our juniors last competed as freshmen. Um, So it's, geez, it's just, it's just hard to know. And, but luckily that is the same for every other team. So you you can kind of just wonder who, like you said, which schools can get the most athletes out. I mean, you can look at um, any of the top teams uh, in the East, whether it's uh, in football, in basketball in any of those sports. um, Those, those teams certainly have a lot of potential athletes. If they can get them out, they might be pretty good, whether that's all the West Fargo teams, um, Davies, South, Uh, any of those teams, obviously the Bismarck teams are always good um, and mine on as well. So it's, it's really hard to know um, which team, I don't know that there's a favorite on paper or anything. It's, it's just, it's really hard to know. You can, you can look at the cross country results obviously and know which teams uh, are going to have some strong distance athletes and could be a factor there. Um, The only thing I've seen Bismarck recently had an indoor meet just uh, with the Bismarck teams and saw some quite impressive results for, for some century guys in particular. Um, So, so no surprise, they look very strong. Um, If they they appear to be the pre pre preseason, early season favorite, at least in class a, Um, but uh, that's not a big surprise when, when you say, at least the past few years, when you say centuries, the favorite. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it's really going to probably take a, a few weeks and a few meets before you have an idea, which teams are looking pretty strong.
1: Yeah, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to follow. I know on the professional and the collegiate level, uh, you've seen a ton of really outstanding meet records are, you know, the the norm uh, school records and, and national records kind of all across the board in all events. And I think that's because of the, the benefit of like the longer period of, of time just to train and, and maybe get strong for some of these athletes. So it'll be pretty interesting to see if, if the same holds true um, for, for high school. And I, I think to some extent it will, cause like you guys are saying, uh, at least on the boys side, uh, you, you're going to have boys who've grown, you had two years to grow and mature and, you know, even if they weren't training that hard, they're probably better athletes than they were a couple of years ago. So um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be really, really fun to watch. So uh, yeah. uh, Thank you guys so much. Uh, That is pretty much all, all we have for you. Uh, Nate, I have one, one question for you that there was some buzz that, you're going to be going for the 50-foot shot put throw again this year, and we want an update on your personal training, see if you can go one more year.
4: Okay. Yeah, no, so that. Yeah. what that is, so I got a deal with my my throwers for the last, uh, again, I was trying to remember, nine or ten years. Um, so I, what I, I used to play football, and I'm a big guy or whatever, and so they always, like, they want me to throw, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to do it. So I cut this deal where I'm like, all right, one time a year, one time I'll, I'll throw with you. And, uh, and so it's always a shot put and it's always uh, my one time a year to see, um, you know, if I can still throw 50 feet. And um, so I'm 36. I did not do it last year at 35. Um, So jury's still out. I'm feeling strong, Cam, you know, trying to get some cardio in, Uh, you know, we'll see the mobility (laughs) seems to be uh, going downhill as I age.
3: That's impressive though. You
4: you've been doing it
3: for 10 years straight or whatever?
4: Yeah, yeah. Only I well, only so thrown 10 times in those 10 years. So yeah. <laughs> How far did you throw in high school? Uh, like 55 I think in the shot. Dang. That's that's pretty impressive to just Yeah, wow. Yeah. So Still they get down. a kick out of it. I think one year I tripped and fell on the toe board. They thought that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you give your you give yourself three attempts or it's just one literally one throw
4: i get as many attempts as i need to get 50
1: (laughs) (laughs) nice well that's great well nate we wish you the best of luck in your personal you know athletic goals and we also wish the uh, kindred vikings well uh, thanks for coming on, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good luck to the Rough Riders and your guys' upcoming season. Thanks thank again. you.
3: The one thing I forgot to mention, Cameron, too, is uh, you know who's looking – they're going to – your boys are going to surprise some people, um, I think. C- Central's got – they got such a good group of, like, juniors, um, a couple seniors, and then your brother, obviously. But but those, those kids, those juniors they have, they're – they're just they are motivated
1: and they are working hard and they're they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty tough. Nice. That's what I like to we need a good one. I've, it's been a long time since Central's been like all the way there. So yeah. I'd I'd love to see that. Hopefully, you know, I'm a little cross town rivalry never never hurt anybody. So maybe yeah. your guy's going too. So yeah.
3: all right, thanks a lot, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. Appreciate Thank you. That was fun. What I mean, we we got to see a little bit of a preview of this track season, this high school track season, uh just from like the cross country season. So we kind of have an idea of how like the distance uh events might play out. Uh you have any thoughts on people you're looking for uh for competing or you know, what what are your what do you want to highlight?
2: Well, I suppose we we would have to start with the possible state records that could fall. I mean, we have to talk about, you know, Megan Ford has been tearing up the cross country scene the last couple years and she didn't get a junior year of track, but um, you know, she's, it sounds like she's made it her intention to take down some of those state records. Um, When I did my interview with her through the blog after cross country, I mean, she said that was her goal. So, you know, definitely worth keeping an eye on if because those those state records are no joke. I mean, one of your previous podcast guests has the state record in the mile what 441 or something. I mean, that's really fast. If that went down, that would be a huge deal and that would be uh, a nationally ranked time.
1: Yeah. And I mean. When when Becky Wells, who you were referencing, the current state record holder, said that, I mean, she didn't have anybody chasing her at, as far as I as far as I know. But I mean you can't you can't deny like competition helps people achieve these times. I mean, we saw it this indoor season with like Cooper Tier and Cole Hawker. You know, they both ran three fifty in the indoor mile. Uh, if Cooper Tier had run it alone, would he have run 350? Maybe that guy's a beast. You know, Cole Hawker closed a a 353 mile with the 25 second last 200. Like they're they're insane athletes. But my point is, uh, Megan Four is going to have to do it on her own, pretty much.
2: You uh, know, at the community bowl, they should get those pacing lights installed that they're yeah. having at those professional meets now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would that would be pretty sick. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think she can do it. If she's had a good season or like a good off season of training uh, and like, she's been a person who like you've seen like trajectory has been pretty consistent. Um, mm-hmm. You haven't seen a lot of like variety or like variance in how she performs. And it's always been from the front pretty much. Uh, I think she was challenged a little bit at uh, conference cross country meet this last season. Uh, but then at the state meet, you know, just stepped up and pretty much ran away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, if there's anybody in recent history who's going to come close to, to those records, uh, it, it's her. And she has the mindset and the mentality. And, you know, a lot of times it's that belief in yourself that you can do it is the only thing that like holds a really good athlete back. So.
2: Yeah, and for Class A boys, um, I was just looking at the state results again today. So, first of all, I just noticed this for the first time. The top seven kids at State Cross Country were seniors. And five of those kids were under 16 minutes, and four of them were under 1540. And some of them, like Sean Corsmo, Brady Yoder, I mean, we have multiple people that have state championships. And so, you know, the Class A boys distance really is stacked this year i mean this is definitely a peak if you want to think of it that way in the ebb and flow of distance running and so just like watching these guys who all um on any other given year could be a state champion like duking it out um it's it's going to be fun to watch come state meet there's going to be multiple kids that could win each event yeah the
1: class a boys are is crazy right now i mean from those You said it was set. The top seven were seniors. Yeah, I think from those seven, we've already seen five commit to D one schools to run. Uh, I know Yoder. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about this on a previous episode, but Yoder committed to Purdue. Mm -hmm. Um, Jacob Canodal from Cheyenne committed to South Dakota State. Uh, Gavin How from Jamestown committed to St. Thomas um Ben now from Jamestown committed to South Dakota State as well um what's the Sentry kid's name I'm um,
2: Mason Kindle
1: Mason Kindle committed to NDSU to okay. run and, and then we
2: have state champion Sean Cosmo that unless I miss something I don't think that he's publicly signed yet. I I haven't, I haven't seen
1: anything, so' he's, he must be holding out for the big. <laughs> but, but then uh, the the other senior in that group, Caleb Yokim from mm-hmm. Fargo North, um, two seasons ago was the EDC champ out kicking Sean Cosmo, um, and he is committed to run at University of Mary so i mean just really a a stacked (laughs) stacked group of guys so
2: um let's see on the class b boys side that was the that was the race at state that had a big upset um yeah brian miller from bowman county winning and um he hadn't been ranked number one in the state all season but he got it done when it mattered. But he had a kid, Noah Rolfe, from Stanley right behind him. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that's that's another one that's just going to be a toss-up at State because you got three seniors in the top four, guys pretty close together. Some of them would win some races in cross-country and back and forth. And so I'm sure it'll really come down to who was putting in the work this winter.
1: Yeah. Nate, do you think there's any difference between – uh, like those seniors in class A versus the seniors in class B who maybe um the, the guys who are in class A are obviously at a bigger school. So maybe they're not called upon to like play basketball or wrestle in the winter where the class B runners being in a smaller school uh, are maybe like an essential, like they, the likelihood of them being like a starter or somebody coming off the bench on the basketball team is pretty high. So do you think like looking at the class B guys, is there maybe more variability in how those guys who had success in cross country will perform based off of what they did this winter?
2: Um, I I think that's a, that's a good point to make. Um, When I was coaching in class B, one thing that really struck me was, you know, in class A, if you're on a good team, if you're going under 17 minutes for 5k, you know, you got, you got bodies around you. Like you got people that you can run with. Um, In class B, once you start going under 17 minutes on a lot of programs, like you might be doing a lot of workouts by yourself. And so there's that mental grind coming from a small school of just having to do a lot of workouts by yourself. And um, I had to do that in college. And it's a relief sometimes when you have people that you can train with. And so, you know, we're talking about going through a whole winter, some of these guys being maybe the only person on their team who can run that fast. And so it really comes down to like who can stay mentally tough when they're by themselves. Whereas um, class A kids still work hard. Like, absolutely. I'm not putting down class A kids. I was one myself, but like class B kids have a different mental grind sometimes when they are um, getting to those fast times because they have nobody else around them.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, we were were pretty fortunate to have a pretty mild winter, uh, but you know, Class B, not, they don't always have, you know, easy access to, to treadmills or like indoor sorts of facilities. And I think a yes. lot of the class A schools do have, you know, some access to that, either being in a larger city that's going to have like a fitness center, uh, or even, you know, treadmills that are in the school right there. Yeah,
2: um, so. F- facility access is huge. I mean, even just in a lot of class B schools, like you have to do most of your runs on gravel roads outside of town where you're just completely exposed to the wind. Um, a lot of class A schools. Um, I mean, it's windy in town, but nothing like it is out in the country. And so there's just facility access is huge between A and B.
1: You got to respect it, man. Some of the mm-hmm. some of the strongest and toughest like athletes that I competed with uh, and against in college were we're small town kids who are just, just tough as nails. So, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. And then, um, the class B girls state meet, um, the top six, um, there was one junior and no seniors. And so there's just a lot of youth, you know, a lot of these girls have only been running, um, in races for a couple of years. You know, if you're in ninth grade, um, this will only be your second possible track season ever. Um, if you started in seventh grade. And so, you know, um, there's two girls in the top three that were ninth grade, you know, neither of them would have done track more than once at the varsity level at most. And so just like seeing how people will adapt to the track season. um, And like, how how does youth play into that? Mm -hmm.
1: Nate, do you think think any of those uh, will miss any of the girls uh, because of like the soccer season being in the spring? Uh, I guess that might not be like a, an issue on the class B girls
2: side, but (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, for, for class a, it's definitely possible. I mean, like at West Fargo, we would pull soccer players for, um, conference and state track because our soccer team would always get booted out of EDC early. Um, and then they come run for us because it transfers over well, but yeah, at a class at a class B school, only, only. You know, I I don't know if there's any of them that would have a soccer program at their high school, so um, that might not be too much to worry about.
1: Yeah, maybe softball, but I feel like just speaking like distance wise, you don't. I haven't known a lot of people who excel in cross country who are looking to play softball in the spring. So, Mm -hmm. but uh, any I mean, other than that, like like the any previous results that we have to go off of. Uh, for the sprints and the throws are are pretty so, far back, but
2: yeah, um, I I pulled up the state track results for this, and one thing stood out to me right away. Um, the last time we had state, 2019, um, the the kids who would have been sophomores would be seniors now. And at that state meet, the sophomore from Bismarck Legacy, Caleb Larson, yes. he won the 100, 200, and 400, and his 400 was 48.23. And so you know this kid will be a senior now, and i don't I don't know this kid personally. I don't know um that much about him at all, but if he has continued a trajectory upward in training, you know forty eight twenty three for a four hundred is not that far off the state record, and he was a sophomore mm-hmm. so like I- I'm looking to see his name and results and see if he's actually gotten better, you know those are state records that can fall, but again we don't we don't know because we didn't get to see anything last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, even without having results up, he was somebody who I just remembered, you know, the buzz about him from two years ago. Uh, Yeah. 48-23 is no joke for for anybody of of like any age uh, in high school to run. So, I mean, it would be, I mean, track is such like a, a, like a barrier, you know, sport, like, Oh, the sub four mile or like, you know, sub 15 for the 5k. So it'd be great to see him go sub 48 first. Uh, and then, you know, who knows, who knows how,
2: how strong or how fast, fast he could be. Um, another, you know, I was just scrolling through and I was looking for sophomores that were state champions yeah. because you know, that kind of talent isn't just going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, in the class B boys, there was a sophomore named Cole, I'm going to guess Slaba from Rolette Wolford that won the high jump in six foot four. And, you know, play some basketball, you know, work on your hops, work on that leg strength. You know, you can start getting up in six, 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 eight, you're starting to talk, you know, that's pretty high up there. So mm-hmm. that stood out to me.
1: And, I mean, the high jump is such a such a technical event, but To I mean like you were saying to be a state champ as a sophomore there's something just like naturally natural in the talent that that that's not going to go away so even even technical events where to see like those high high marks you might need a little more a little more like refining Um, it still yeah definitely somebody to
2: watch. Um, also in the Class B boys, in the throws, um, a 10th grader from Hillsborough Central Valley named Caden Pastian, or Pastian won the discus in 180 feet. And I remember looking at 180 feet and being like, that's a big throw. And I went and looked at the Class A discus that year, and the Class A discus was won in 163 feet. So this sophomore threw 17 feet farther than anybody A or B. And so, you know, he's going to be a senior now. And so that's worth watching. Yeah. How many, how many people do you think uh, are going to
1: be, like, complete surprises? Like, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to have guys who are eighth graders. So guys who we, we didn't even maybe see at the state meet last time, guys and girls, um, who could potentially, you know, vie for a state championship as a, as a sophomore. This season,
2: Yeah. And I think, I think we'll see some huge surprises on the girls side because think of how many state champions on the girls side are like ninth or 10th graders yeah. on any given year. And, you know, we talk about a ninth or 10th grader would have been a seventh or eighth grader last time they competed, you know, especially at class A schools, you might not even be competing at the varsity level in seventh or eighth grade. So the, there's going to be people that are going to appear like they've just come out of nowhere but probably anybody from those programs would be like, well, yeah, they've been working their butt off for two years. Like, what did you expect? Um, and so I, I definitely expect surprises. I mean, I didn't even do track until my junior year of high school. So you never know like some of these kids that have been three, four sport athletes their whole life that are giving track a try. Like they, they might not need that much work to be really talented.
1: Yeah. Oh man. They're as like a fan. They're, That's like super exciting to hear. But I just remember being in high school, like there was nothing worse than, for me, there was nothing worse than when this kid shows up to practice or you show up to a meet and there's like this new kid from another school and he just crushes you. And you're like, what the, where, where did this guy come from? I've been working my butt off for the last, you know, three years. And he just like walks on the track and just, you know, crushes me. So Mm -hmm. uh, I
2: remember in high school, uh, Bismarck high, it seemed like every year they would have ninth graders running like two flat or two Oh one in the 800. And I would always wonder like, where are these kids coming from? Because that's so fast in ninth grade.
1: Yeah, man. You think, you think you could run a two flat eight hundred right now, Nate? No. <laughs> uh, how close are you? how How much How much time do you need?
2: I think if you gave me, I think if you gave me two months, I could maybe get down below like two hundred five. But two flat—that's not that far off my high school PR. So,
1: I bet, I bet you could. If you trained specifically for the eight, you could do it. <laughs> before the state qualifying window closed <laughs> two flats no joke though i mean it's mm-hmm. still it's still even even when you were like your fittest Nate, like two flat for the eight was still like pretty fast no?
2: yeah it's still it still feels like a sprint i mean yeah. only the elite people could consider two flat to be anything other than that yeah Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm scrolling through again and I'm looking at stuff. Um, do you remember on one of your shows where you guys were talking about people who signed, um, Brooke Blessum from rugby? Yes. Um, do you remember where she signed? I, I do not. I remember,
1: I remember the name, but I don't remember.
2: So, you know, two years ago, she was a sophomore and one of those talented, multi-event athletes you know she took fourth in the high jump she won the long jump second in the triple jump and third in the pole vault so those were her four events three three jumping events in the pole vault which is I guess is technically a jumping event um but you know she'll be a senior now and um that's you know that's a lot of points that's obviously a lot of talent so that's obviously somebody to watch as well
1: yeah you said she was from rugby
2: mm-hmm yeah. Uh,
1: Valley city looks like Valley she's City. signed to compete for Valley city. So I wonder, I'm just going to read the article. She might be like a, yeah. So signed as a dual sport athlete. So she'll, she'll play volleyball and compete in track and field for Valley city state. So,
2: yeah. And so, so an athlete talented like that, we can probably assume that she was playing basketball. You know, if she signed for volleyball, she probably played volleyball. So you know, if we're looking for somebody that might do really well this year, I'd, I'd watch Brooke Blessum from rugby.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, I I actually I have to go. It's uh, 10
2: o'clock Eastern time here, and oh. I'm a teacher, so I'm yeah, probably going to yeah. head out. But